Huh. I got your back like a pack do. Rhymes to react to shit back to the facts. It's a rap like an act do. Act crew, money in the bank. Yeah, it's funny when you ain't got it in your pocket. Feeling like you're past due. Summer in Chicago. Shit, everyone that I know is acting with bravado. Acting like sopranos. Welcome to another episode of the Sunday Punch Podcast. I'm jumping on here real quick because there was breaking news, breaking news, hot take, breaking news, hot take. Bradley Beal was just traded to the Phoenician Suns uh, for uh, Chris Paul, Shamit, second round picks, pick swaps. All the details aren't yet out yet. Um, I'm just hopping on here because, I, you know me, I either go away for a month or I am here for breaking news. That's how we do it on the SPP. I don't understand the trade. Uh, again, we got to get the details. But look, if this isn't like an epic new owner syndrome move by Matt Ishbia with the Phoenician Suns, I don't know what is. He um, He comes in last year. He does the Kevin Durant deal. Which I guess it's like, all right, well, who can blame you? Kevin Durant's probably one of the top five players of all time. They get rid of, uh, you know, half their team, basically. Some good players, Johnson, Miles. And, you know, they make it to the, uh, they make it in the playoffs. They make a little, uh, little noise but they don't they don't make it to uh play the lakers and they you know they outside of the two games where kevin durant and devin booker went insane uh yeah they didn't really have a shot to beat the denver nuggets so now matt ishby is coming in and he's like hey let's make another radical change and so they've just traded uh yeah i just detail i already did the details beal Bradley Beal, Florida Gator, Florida Gator prodigy. Always will love him. Go Gator. Go Gator. Uh, but he's on. He, he's one season into a five-year, $250 million Supermax extension. <laughs> um, and that was – he only got that. You know, the Supermax was implemented so organizations had a better chance of retaining their franchise player with far more money than other potential suitors. So that's what the Wizards did. Look, he has the sixth highest salary next season. <laughs> I just I, I just don't understand the plan with the Suns. I mean this is like this is like going to Vegas and like you walk in the door and you're like, fuck it, all that I came here with I'm putting twenty grand on red immediately. I know I booked a seven-day vacation. I don't care. This is either going to turn out amazing or I'm going to uh, be in a dark spiral for seven days. Matt Ishbia went Nicolas Cage and leaving Las Vegas. Let's just, let's just call, call a spade a spade if we're going to keep on the uh, Vegas theme here. While, while I would call... Beal, one of the best scorers in the league. He does turn 30 later this month. Uh, his last two seasons were affected by season-ending injuries. He played 90 total games last two seasons. Uh, 
again, personal opinion, excellent basketball player. Um, but even I would admit he's probably more of a second fiddle on a contending team. And other people that I've talked to and I listen to podcasts, they evaluate him lower than that. Uh, they would dispute me. They would debate me, man. And uh, bringing on Beal, uh, that's another average salary of $52 million for the next four years. <laughs> man, Beal's getting paid. So, again, trade value shaky. Matt Ishby, a new owner syndrome. It's like, you know, from the Suns' perspective, like, why would Phoenix position itself to have a big three with virtually no supporting cast? So they're just relying on getting lucky with the veterans' minimum signings and free agency to fill out the rest of the roster. Again, rolling the dice, going into Vegas, day one. I want to put 20 grand on the craps table and say, fuck it. And then on the wizard side, they're in rebuild. I actually, everyone's like, I'm on Twitter. Everyone's like, oh my God, they got fleeced. Oh, can you believe it? They got out of Bradley Beal's contract. Okay. They're going to have to, instead of $251 million, they're going to, you know, Paul's just have a partially guaranteed 30.8 next season, meaning that the Wizards just have to take on whatever that is um, and then, you know, get him out of the Wizards and now work on a rebuild. You have picks. Again, we don't know what the swaps are. And they're okay with waiving him. And he can sign any with any other contender. It would be hilarious if he um, was like the backup in Denver now. <laughs> He's just like, fuck y'all. Um, and then it's like the other thing that was floated out there was like, oh, uh, Aiton could be part of the deal. If you're the Wizards, you, you got to rebuild, okay? You can't take on a new contract. Like, buy out Chris Paul. You don't want DeAndre Aiton, you know? You don't want an uh, inconsistent 25-year-old center who would rather be playing video games than dunking the basketball. You don't want it. So I don't know what the Suns. Can the Suns get a couple bench players for Aiton? His trade value right now, to me, is so low that it's like it's not even worth it. Matt Ishbia. <laughs> this might be the worst case of new owner syndrome. I mean, there's so many red flags with this trade. So many red flags. It's like dating the hot girl with a drug problem. You see all the flaws, but it's sexy. So you say, fuck it. And before you know it, she's wasted at Thanksgiving dinner and telling your mom how the government works. It just doesn't make sense in the long term, Matthew. <sighs> Am I crazy here? Everybody else on Twitter thinks this is like, up, oh, up, oh, championship, championship, sons. Well, they're all idiots. Why do I listen to idiots? <laughs> yeah, Hot girl with the drug problem. That's what this is. Speaking of drugs, 
I uh, watched Boogie Nights for the first time the other night. It's on Hulu. Check it out. And uh, can I just say, I don't know how I made it through almost 30 years without seeing this movie. It was fantastic. Fantastic piece of filmmaking starring Mark, Mark Wahlberg. I've never laughed harder or been so depressed in one movie. There's about a midway point where something horrendous happens, and then it's really dark for about 45 minutes. But up to that point, you had been laughing harder than you'd ever laughed before. So, it was just a roller coaster, man. The movie's about the porn industry in the 70s, again starring Mark Wahlberg, who back then was just a rapper, part of a group called Marky Mark and the Funky Bunch. That's right, Mark Wahlberg was a rapper from Boston. Uh, I'll play a song right here of uh, one of his uh, hits. So there you go. That was Mark Wahlberg back in the Dizzle. And he was great. He was great at this performance. Um, the movie. Okay, what did I already say that? Did I already did I give you the plot? Porn industry in the seventies. Okay, shows the simpler times. You know when porn was a big deal for teenagers and captured your imagination. Like you had to sneak into an adult theater or like steal a magazine from your dad's drawer just to see nudity. Now you're like nine years old watching hardcore porn and then wondering why you can't get a boner in college when a hot chick is making out with you. We need to get a time machine, a large time machine. We all need to go back. Technology is not awesome. We had it all and we gave it all away. I just don't understand us as, as, a, as the human race. Build the time machine. Let's go back. It's like this movie also, like even during the happy times, I was kind of sad because I was thinking about that, you know? It's like, man, man, times were simpler. You had just enough technology to be, you know, to feel like, oh, we're on the cutting edge. But now we've gone so overboard. Anyways, some fun facts about the movie. Uh, Leonardo DiCaprio, ever heard of him, was the initial choice to play the role of Dick Diggler. That's right, that's the character's name. Mark Wahlberg plays him. I actually like Mark in the role because he comes across as like innocent and kind of dumb, which I don't know if he's doing on purpose or that's just who he is. And you know, he's just good-looking enough, but not too good-looking, so perfect for porn, basically. And... Um, yeah, Mark Mark does a great job with with this role. He plays a 17-year-old kid who's 
very innocent to who gets picked up in a club by Burt Reynolds uh, and becomes a porn star. Rough background, obviously. Um, and yeah, I can't, DiCaprio can't pull this off. I mean, yeah, I get, okay, look, he could pull it off, but it's like, I, I just wouldn't believe it. I wouldn't be like, DiCaprio doing porno? I don't. I don't see him needing to do this. So, I I don't know. Would have been weird. Would have been weird for DiCaprio to do it. Burt Reynolds hated working on this movie. Burt Reynolds plays the uh, director, the porn director. (laughs) So amazing. But apparently he hated working on this movie. I couldn't tell from the performance. It looked like he was having a good time with every one of the lines. Um... But look, he was in his late 50s, director was 26, and he wouldn't let Burt improvise, so I'm, I would be pissed too. It'd be like if me, 33-year-old Adam, was working with like a 20-year-old, and they're like, no, nah, you need to do it this way. And I'd be like, dude, shut the fuck up. <laughs> I, can't, uh, I can't get mad at him. Roller Girl, that's right, that's the character's name. Roller Girl, played by Heather Graham, could have been Drew Barrymore which would have been really weird to me because this character is supposed to have, like, tons of sex appeal, and I don't know. I just don't think of Drew that way for some reason. Heather Graham, perfect for it. It's just, I can't even describe her performance. It's just like, you've met this girl before a million times. She's always fun. You're always like, you gotta invite her. She's so much fun. Uh... But she's got a dark side too, and she 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 uh, she reveals it a few times in this movie. Um, and then um, last fun fact: the house in Boogie Nights actually sold for one point five million in twenty sixteen. I just looked that up. Cool cool piece of memorabilia. Invite people over for a barbecue. Yeah, yeah. This is uh, where Boogie Nights was filmed. You know, um, that's where John C. Riley met uh, Mark Wahlberg for the first time. That's my favorite scene in the movie, too. <laughs> Mark Wahlberg comes to the house for the first time. John C. Riley is playing, like, the like the current star of all of their productions. And, uh, and then he meets Mark Wahlberg, who's, like, going to be the next star. And he's, like, sizing him up. But, uh... <laughs> You know, it's like a very, like, guy sizing up and very comical. John C. Riley is just hilarious in this movie. Every line he says is just really funny. And, yeah, so he's just sizing them up, and uh, they become good friends. But you could just, it's like a couple, like, it, it reminded me of, like, in grade school, like, sizing someone up. But he has a couple great lines of just, like, he's like, it's like, how much, uh, how much he squat? <laughs> I forget what he says. He's like two hundred. He's like, yeah, I can do three hundred. <laughs> he's like, you ever go to uh, this gym, uh, Victor's? I forget what he calls it, but he's like, you ever go to this gym, Victor's? He's like, ah, actually, no. Nah. I would have seen you there. I'm, I'm there almost every day. <laughs> uh, then another line. He's like, you ever see Star Wars? Everyone says I look like Han Solo. <laughs> John C. Riley saying that. Uh, I'll find the clip. I'll play it right now. Hey, Reed! Reedo! I want you to meet the new boy on the street. 
Eddie Adams. Hi, Eddie. Reed Rothschild. I want you to stick around for a while, okay? Sure. Make himself special. All right. So you live on the street? No, no. Oh, I thought Jack just said you did. No. You want a drink? Sure. Margarita? Great. Two, four, mm, whatever. Can I ask you something? Uh-huh. Do you work out? Yeah. Yeah, you look like it. What do you squat? Uh, two. Super. Super. What do I do? What do you squat? 350. Wow. No BS. That's a lot. What do you work out? Torrance, where I live. Cool. Hey, you ever go to Vince's out here? Oh, no. I would have seen you. I'm there every day. I've always wanted to work out at Vince's. Cool, here. Taste that. Oh, rock and roll. Right? Hey, did you ever see that movie Star Wars? Oh, about four times. People tell me I look like Han Solo. Really? What do you bench? Well, you tell first. I asked you first. Same time. Cool. Are you ready? Ready. One, One two, two, three. three. You didn't say anything. Oh, neither did you. <laughs> So funny, so good. Um, I give the movie a nine out of ten. Uh, again, it's on Hulu. Go watch it. Um, you know, you know who has plenty of time to watch Boogie Nights is John ja Morant. So the NBA has finally dished out its suspension, twenty-five games for Demetrius Morant, and um, that's the longest suspension ever doled out uh, by the league for players' behavior outside of an NBA setting. So. We'd have to go back. Gilbert Arenas got longer, but he brought guns into the Wizards' locker room. Great decision-making by Gilbert. Um, so when you watch his podcast and he's like, I don't think Nikola Jokic is very good, um, this is the guy who made the decision to bring guns into an NBA locker room. So take his opinions with a grain of salt. Uh, our, our fan favorite, World Peace, Meta World Peace, our test, formerly known as Ron, uh, you know, he charged into the stands, fought with fans. So that was, an, that was a longer uh, suspension, but again, in a stadium. And then um, uh, one of my favorite players, but he did do this. Latrell Sprewell choked his coach at a team practice, um, and he got a longer suspension. So Morant did uh, something reckless, yes, but on his own time and in his own space and during the offseason. So I don't think the NBA could go any longer than 25, even though everyone else is saying, like, 50. Um, or is it his own space? Let's Wait, let's dive into that, because if it's broadcast of the world over social media, right, this is a new thing that everyone has to grapple with. So it's like, in that scenario, and the accessibility, being able to access that, and he's got probably over 5 million followers. I don't know. I'm not going to look it up. But at that point, on the live stream, 
is John knowingly participating? Because if he's knowingly participating, he becomes a representative of the league. So because of that and how he represents himself, he's facing this. I, I think that's what they went with. That must have been what they went with. Um, he's banned from all public team and league activities. He'll be required to meet league-mandated conditions, whatever those mean, uh, before he can return to action. Unsurprisingly, uh, the Players Association is already objective, uh, objective, objected, um, stating that it's not fair or consistent. That's true. I think... Um, who was that? Miles Bridges only got 10 games for domestic violence. They claim he got 30 games, but that 20 were already served, even though he wasn't signed on a team. So I don't know how that works. Um, hmm. They might have a point. 25 games, uh, that's more than $7 million in salary. You know what? It's it's just it's a slap because he made the NBA look foolish, and now it's an established pattern of behavior. So he, they gave him twenty five. Hmm. I don't know what to make of it. I don't know uh, if he's going to take it seriously or not. Probably not. Although you're you're losing at this point, you're losing a lot of money. Because, you know, the they, they punished him in a way that will prevent him from making an all-NBA team or winning any individual awards, uh, which could have a real financial impact. So Morant made sure to apologize, um, not just to the Grizzlies uh, and the kids that look up to him, but to his sponsors. <laughs> that makes sense. Money talks. Um, yeah, so we'll see. It is what it is. Speaking of money, um, I did not go to any Orioles-Cubs games this weekend because uh, bleacher tickets for the Cubs-Orioles games were $140. Then let's add taxes. You're, you're, you're looking at $160 to go to the game. This is absurd, although I, looked, I, was, I watched every game on TV, and... Um, it was packed, so I guess the market dictates it. I just didn't know that many uh, rich people were uh, were in Chicago, I guess. <laughs> At least not enough to be like, I am definitely going to that Orioles game, and I will spend $150, and if I have a kid, I'm going to have to take out a second mortgage. I don't. I just don't understand it. Um, I better buy my Orioles tickets for uh, when I'm gone in September. I'll be gone in September when I'm in uh, Baltimore in September. I plan on going to like 10 games and I ain't going to be paying $150 each time let me just tell you that much okay? I'll fucking burrow myself under the stadium and you'll see me pop up on the second base while fucking Jorge Mateo's rounding that, I ain't paying $150 I'll pay $80 I'll pay $80 okay? I'm, I'm willing to go to $80 for bleachers tickets one of the games I might splurge and do like a $300 behind home, home uh, plate so Anyways, that covers the podcast for the day. Thanks for listening, and uh, I'll be back this week. Peace. Check your girl's back.
backseat. I've been there 50,000 times. She basically my taxi. Look, I pretend to be wild every single summertime. I pretend to be style. Get you on a wine and dine. And I never freestyle. I work too hard on every rhyme. You don't want my lifestyle, but fuck it, cause it's summertime. Let me